morning. It's Wednesday, February 8th. Molasses bar day. I don't have a joke about this. Molasses is good. Bars are good. Combining them is good. There's too much news to do a bit about it. Just eat that. And now the news. We start with an awful update on the earthquake that rocked Turkey and Syria over the weekend. The death toll, which is expected to rise significantly, especially in Syria, is now over 7,900. That number will rise as the hundreds of collapsed buildings continue to be searched. Meanwhile, countries all over the world are sending help to the area, including some very good boys and girls. 16 of Mexico's search and rescue dogs are being sent to the area. Just as we thought, or I guess hoped, that everything we knew about the Memphis police officers was as bad as it could get, it got worse. Because after Memphis police officers beat Tigree Nichols to what would ultimately be his death, one of the police officers took a picture of him and sent it to at least six other people, including at least one person outside of the police department. And as we knew would end up being the case, the police chief have said that no evidence could be found that Tyree Nichols was driving recklessly, as officers claimed he was. On Friday, the mayor of Memphis noted that both the Department of Justice and the International Association of Chiefs of Police would conduct an independent review of the Memphis Police Department's special units and use of force policy. I'll be talking about the State of the Union at the end of this episode, but Tyree's family were invited as guests of President Biden. It was a powerful moment as he acknowledged that he, as well as many in the room, have never had to have the talk with their kids about what to do if you get pulled over. He called for better police training and better resources, including affordable housing, education, and childcare, as well as accountability for police that break public trust. George Santos, who once claimed he was mugged in New York and they took his shoes, although nobody has been able to verify this claim, is facing an ethics committee investigation in the House. Eventually, as soon as the House Ethics Committee gets started. Santos is still off his committee, still wearing his ridiculous sweaters, and still looking absolutely unconcerned by all this. When asked about the investigation, Santos told CNN, quote, You're saying that the freedom of speech of my constituents is a distraction to my work? Adding, quote, Do you think people are a distraction to the work I'm doing here? I, I don't know what you're trying to say here, man, but no, we think you're a distraction to the work you're doing here. Or, well, I guess not doing because you're not on any committees anymore. You're just a distraction. Also, there's no link to this yet, but it was just reported on MSNBC that apparently, as he was entering the House chambers ahead of the State of the Union address, Mitt Romney passed by George Santos and had some currently unknown but very stern words for Santos. Which, I mean, yeah, he should have some stirred words for him. Everyone should. But it sounds like he was telling Santos that he should be sitting in the back of the house quietly, not in the middle of the aisle, on the end, trying to get on TV and shake hands with the president, which is where Santos was, because he had nothing to do today, because he doesn't have any committees to be on. So he legit showed up early. Whatever. George Santos is the consequences of their actions, so... I feel bad for his constituents. I feel bad for people that are trying to actually get some governing done, but I don't feel bad for House Republicans when it comes to George Santos. You earned him. Quote, though bruised, our democracy remains unbowed and unbroken. That was President Biden at the State of the Union last night. And I gotta say, I agree. 
but only if the bruise is like the time that I tried to go through a turnstile too fast and it was a bruise so bad that I genuinely thought for a moment that my kneecap was broken. Overall, the extra long State of the Union last night was an optimistic look at the last year, including low unemployment rates, the growing number of small businesses, and strengthening unions. He also talked about lowering prescription drug rates, expanding Medicare, fixing a broken tax system, which got a standing ovation from many, including Elizabeth Warren, who wore a crayon lapel because she is an A+. Biden also talked about Russia's attack on Ukraine, reforming gun laws, and abortion rights restoration. He asked Congress to pass the Junk Fees Cancellation Act, which includes airlines charging families to sit together, Ticketmaster's incredibly high service fees, and hotel resort fees when they're not even a resort. They're just a place that I stayed in Vegas, and now I gotta pay a resort fee? What did you do? In all, it was a pretty rowdy State of the Union, with a lot of House Republicans responding vocally to Biden at times. For example, Biden asked Congress to commit to raising the debt ceiling, which Republicans don't seem very excited about. However, it did cause a ruckus when he said some Republicans want to cut Social Security and Medicare. After Republicans called him a liar and said that they don't want to do it, Biden was like, but you told me you do. I'm not going to name names, but I'm telling you, people in this room want this. Uh, he basically forced Republicans to stand up and cheer and promise not to cut it, which was a very slick move that he will absolutely be using against them soon. He talked about fentanyl, and one Republican member called out saying that it was Biden's fault because, again, they don't want to solve problems. They just want to blame Biden. At a few points from his spot behind the president, Kevin McCarthy had to parent-style shush his party. And he failed. We've been and stay knowing that Kevin McCarthy is not in control of his party, and last night was a great example. A lot of House Republicans were legitimately out of control. But I will say this, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene really took the cake. She made herself and her party and Kev look like a party of children. So great job. In all, if you're a Democrat, you love the speech. If you're a Republican, you hated it. That is kind of how all these speeches go. And then, of course, we have all the applause lines. Democrats stand up. Republicans don't, um, including standing for things like democracy. They didn't want to stand for that, which I guess I can appreciate it because of how many House Republicans are insurrectionists. Kevin McCarthy looked like a bored teenager sitting behind the president, which I don't know if that's how he always looks. I don't spend a ton of time looking at him, but I did not realize until last night what a slow blinker he is. Like, he should have been drug tested, almost. Kirsten Cinema's dress was truly terrible. Like, I know that's her thing, dressing um, different than I would, but this was like, if every bad outfit that she has ever worn all got together and said, okay, now, let's make it worse. Girl, this is a boring corporate all call, not your 80s prom. Put those sleeves away. Joey Manchin was there, of course. Um, he immediately regretted docking his boat to head on over to the speech when he heard Biden talking about big oil making too much money. Like, you could just see it on his face. He doesn't want to be a part of that conversation. And as mentioned, Marjorie Taylor Greene was there to cause a ruckus. That's what she does. I, I don't want to give her any credit, but causing a ruckus, if she has one skill... Um, I'm not going to finish that sentence, but she does cause a ruckus. Uh, she wore all white, including a ski lodge style white fur. Anyway, it gave Corella. She also brought a balloon to the house, which, dude, they shot down the balloon in a grown up manner. Stop bringing props and start. Hear me out. Actually, never mind. I don't want her to do anything except for not be in the house anymore. I was going to say like, oh, govern, but ugh, I don't want that. A dozen members of Congress responded wearing 1870 pins. 1870 is the year of the 15th Amendment 
gave black men the right to vote. It is also the first year on record that a free black man was killed by police officers. And finally, as an aside, only Bernie Sanders wore a mask in there. So here's hoping that this long speech was also not a super spreader. And that's it. That's the news. I'm proud of Joe Biden. Great speech. Fun night for some people, probably, I assume. I'm proud of my cat, Ruth. She slept through the whole thing. McCarthy actually called her and told her he was jealous. He was trying to nap, but just like people kept clapping and waking him up. But more than that, more than Ruth and Joe Biden sharing a molasses bar ice cream cone, which is a dessert I just invented, but it sounds so good because you are also layered and cool. I'm proud of you.